Hey, this is Rita Giant and welcome to your training on how to find the clarity, the confidence to find your passion. And I know this is something that people ask me from all walks of life on exactly how do they find their true, unique passion of what they love to do. So what you're about to watch is a training that I delivered on exactly that, how to find your passion that will lead to your dream job. Now everyone's dream job is different, so bear that in mind, but what you want to know is that throughout this training that you're about to watch, you'll be receiving the steps. I'm going to step the audience through the steps and you're going to be watching it as you're going to be implementing it at the same time. So grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, grab your notepad and jot down the notes, the golden nuggets, so that you can learn how to go from where you are to how to find your passion and gain the clarity and confidence that comes with finding the dream work that you were born to do. Enjoy watching and I'll see you on the other side. Good morning everyone. Before I launch into it, can I get everyone just firstly to put their right hand up in the air, shake it around like you just don't care, put it on the shoulder of the person next to you and say, oh no, she's interactive. <laughs> so I am going to be interactive today because that's the purpose of finding a dream job. It's not a passive gateway into it. So I'm going to ask you to actually not just sit there and take the information, but I want to create a transformation for you so that whatever we cover today, you can actually go and implement into what you want to do in terms of your dream job. Now, I went into uh, Facebook, Monero Facebook page to really just engage with what do you guys really want to know about? And I had two topics and I was speaking to Peter about it and the overall majority wanted to know about how to find your dream job, which is why I'm speaking on that specific topic today because those who voted for it requested it today. So, well before I go, let me survey you guys. How many people are in their dream job at the moment? Awesome. How many people would like to find their dream job? How many people are just here because this is the only session and we may as well just sit here, right? Okay, all right, awesome. We got everyone covered. So let's launch straight into it. So today is going to be for you, if maybe you're curious, you're curious about what we're doing in terms of your dream job. I mean, that sounds so airy-fairy. Is there something like a dream job? If you're bored or you're not happy in your current role, this is really going to speak to you. If you're in a position where you feel you have more potential, but you just don't know how to tap into it. If you look in the place where you're evaluating your life and you're thinking, where do I want to be this time next year in five years' time? If you need clarity or focus, if you're looking, if you're feeling stalled or stuck or confused, if you don't know what your dream job could be, and frankly, that all creates low confidence. I mean, can I? Should I? Am I able to? And if you're asking the questions, what do I want or what can I do? Today's presentation is really going to be able to benefit you to up-level and upskill. So, I want to cover what is a dream job. I just want to take that out of the equation because some people question, is there something like a dream job? I want to talk about the mindset behind your dream job. I want to look into the three keys to working out your own life story that gives you insight into what is your dream job. And most important, the map. How you can get clear on finding your own dream job based on what we're going to cover today. Yes, yes? Yes, yes? Yes, yes. Awesome. Okay, so why do I get to speak about how to find your dream job? What qualifies me? I mean, who am I? So most of you may or may not know about my story. I started in corporate and my job in corporate was to go out and companies would hire me to find solutions to their problems. 
So they would have a Sunday morning Herald would have a problem. They'd consult with me, they'd bring me out and say, here's the problem, try and investigate it and create a solution. So I'd go out there and do that and roll the solution out into the company. Here's the problem. When I would do that, as you accelerate in your career, you kind of get taken away from the passion and as you're going up the pay bracket or you're going back the managerial bracket, you have to go into those places where you don't want to do so. Your passion is kind of stunted. And so I found that was, that's what was happening to me. And so the love of what I was doing was slowly subsiding because I couldn't execute on it because well, you're still in that place five years later. And what I realised is sitting in training rooms, rolling out trainings, people would sit like this, right? Like, go and show me what you got. Right? And so I'd say, well, why are you in the room? Well, because my manager said I've got a ticker box to say I'm here or it's a formal appraisal or, you know, is this part of... And there was no... So I said, is this the work that you're doing? Is this what you really want to do? And invariably the answer would be no. So I said, would say, well, what do you want to do? If it's not this, what would you want to do? And I said, well, if I knew what I want to do, I wouldn't be doing this. Right? So it was like a catch-22. I just couldn't get into them. But what I realised was I took my skill sets of finding how to create solutions for other companies. I thought, well, what if I could create a process of finding how to find your dream job? I mean, what if I've been doing that for companies? So what if I could execute on finding that little equation? And so that's what I'm going to be discovering with you today. Because for me, it wasn't just about my dream job. I needed to be something different. Like, like everyone's back in the day, I was with everybody. Taking the leap is a big thing when you're doing what nobody else does. Finding your dream job, I mean, it's just, you just go, go to work, do what you've got to do, get home, wait for the weekend, and then you enjoy yourself. Then you do what you're really passionate about. And so what I wanted to do was to incorporate that, and I knew nobody who did. But I knew people from a distance, but no one that I knew personally. And for me, it was more important because, as you might know, I'm originally from Afghanistan. And when you're from Afghanistan, you're coming out of that, and you become that. So that's just a given, right? So you come out of that, you become this person that's a refugee, and your dream job isn't just for the sake of the luxury of it, but it's freaking because, I mean, I have cousins who didn't make it out. I've got uncles who didn't make it out. So what gives me the right to just wait for Monday, wait for Friday, wait for annual leave, wait for 5.30? So to me, it was just really it's such an, a burden because I didn't get out of there or have the opportunity just to be behind a cubicle and just wait. And then wait for annual leave and just enjoy my holiday for four weeks of a year and then do what I have to do. So that was my motivation. So I took a leap of faith and I started teaching people how to find their dream job. So today I'm going to share those processes with you. So for those of you, I want to give you as much as I can. I know I'm on a time limit and someone's timing me. So I'm going to give you as much as I can in the small amount of time that I have. And for those who want to take it forward, I'll let you know how you can do so. Cool? Okay. What's a dream job? A dream job is different to every single person. Number one, it's, if what your dream job is, is completely different to what I th would say it would be. Someone to come up and speak is like, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. Someone to be just sitting down there listening passively or being in a routine would find that horrible. When I had an accountant come and see me, he said to me, look, I've been doing this for like 10 years. And when I went through this process with him, the reason why he was just so stale and stagnant and stunted was because his personality traits, 
executed on, you know, wanting to do something, being an extrovert, being out there, but yet he was nine, nine to five or nine to seven, what he was doing, behind a desk, sitting down in a cubicle, and it stunted his growth. And because it stunted his growth and who he was, just within his core, it stunted how he was looking on life, and that cycle of just being boxed in a room is what he was really resounding to. So, anyone know this chick? She is, she's a real impressive girl. I've interviewed her twice. She's Rowie McAvoy. She has been on the Young Rich Under 40, BRW Young Rich Under 40, and you know what she does? She's a personal trainer. How many people do you know that, and it's the fact that she's there, the reason why I'm pointing her out is because she left school at 15. She was supposed to study law. She fell in love with aerobics. She fell in love with aerobics and started just doing, at the age of 15, teaching people how to go into the gym and do aerobics, much to her father's dismay. And from there, launched her career into the fitness industry, teaching people about fitness, and now, so I'm talking about passion. And I'm gonna talk about the mistakes people make that prevent them from getting, not in terms of the monetary, I don't want, monetary is just a measurement. And if I said, well, she's really happy, well, prove it. Happiness to me is different to how you measure it, to anybody else. So but when we talk about the monetary side of it, that's a concrete measurement, it's numbers, numbers don't lie. It's yay or nay. And that's who she is. Like that smile, that's no fake smile, it's not like a, that she had to smile for the camera. That's she exudes it. Because she does what she just falls over, like she travels the world teaching people about personal fitness. And how many of us know people who can do that? Simply because she executes on passion. Have a read of this, guys. Can everyone see the screen? I'm going to zip it and have you read this. Does everyone know that? It's pretty stark. And so your dream job is not something of a luxury. It's a necessity. Because that's why we go to school for 13 years. That's why we, then we go to university and then to get to that job of the promised land. But when that promised land doesn't become so promising, that's when the wheels start to unwind and we don't really enjoy and wait for Friday and all that jazz. So, does this sound familiar? You wake up in your box bedroom. You eat from your box cereal carton. When you eat from your box cereal carton, you drive, get into your box car. From your box car, you get into your box cubicle. From your box cubicle, you sit in front of your box computer. And from your box computer, you sit down and have, you know, a bit of a, do your work, box phone, have a bit of a lunch break, the day finishes, go back into your box car, to your boxed house, sit in front of your box TV, to unwind and forget the whole day. And then once you do that, you go into your box bedroom, sleep, and the whole routine begins the next day, right? Anyone sound familiar? So that's why, now that's why we've got the rate of heart attacks that are happening on a Monday morning is because of that. It's because of this cyclical lifestyle, this box lifestyle, and that's all we're doing. We're just being boxed. That's why we go to Toastmasters, because it's an outlet for what we love to do, or what we want to do, whether it's leadership or it's speaking. It's an outlet in which we find a lot of gratification that the work that we do, maybe nine to five, doesn't give us that. And so we use this outlet as a channel to just fulfill that need. Because why are we in a golfing conference? Why are we, you know, you know why aren't we? Because we enjoy speaking. That's the outlet. Because it gives us a time away from this.
Okay, this is important too now. Gallup did a study, 90% of the global workforce, they have come to a research that is unhappy with what they're doing, 90%. It's not an Australian problem, not a Canadian, not an American, it's a global problem. It's important to you because we keep talking about the GFC, there's a slump, there's a crash. The news will perpetuate. I don't know how many GFCs we've been through, but there's been so many that we've lost count. Self-doubt perpetuates. When you're living the box cycle, it's like, you know, can I do it? Because you're not growing, right? You're not doing what you were born to do and therefore it stifles you. Your life, your contribution, your legacy becomes kind of, well... The kids, the kids are growing up, they're doing well. But what's your contribution outside of that? And do you want to be like your boss or in the same place one to five years from now? If that scares you, if that speaks to you, I know a lot of the times when I do, because I do these usually in retreats and the workshops, so this is 40 minutes thing is really uh, pushing me, so if I'm talking fast, it's because when I talk about do you want to be like your boss one to five years from now, a lot of people, at really, like really, it sends it home. It's a, it's a home run because it's like, no, I don't. So if I don't want to be like that, what do I have to do? What do I need to be able to learn, understand, experience to be able to refrain from that or to change the trajectory of where I'm going towards? So I want to talk about the mindset behind your dream job. Three mistakes people make consistently when they're looking for a job. Consistently. This is... This is like proven over and over again. The first mistake is social proof. I'm going to go into accounting, chiropracting, carpenting, or whatever it is I do, because, well, that's what everyone else is doing. So if everybody else is, hey, Alan, if everybody else is going to school, then getting a really, really good mark in school, then getting a really good degree, and then getting a job, well, that's what's supposed to happen. That's like the unofficial script. Well, I'm just following the script. But the script is not that fantastic. We've got 90% of the pop global population who's unhappy. Heart attacks are happening. So th that social proof is like the biggest killer of passions or finding your dream job because, well, if that person's not happy and they're kind of doing the nine to five thing and that person, well, that really cements my thinking that, well, everyone's unhappy. So that's just the norm, right? And that just perpetuates the fact that, well, I don't know what I want to do, but Heck, everyone around me doesn't know either and everyone's complaining at work. It becomes normal. The economy. I'm going to go into IT. I'm going to go into finance. I'm going to go into teaching because the economy is going that way. There are going to be more jobs in that region or in that direction. Can anyone relate to that? Yeah. Biggest mistake. Because when you rely on the economy, and so just now they're predicting in the States, now that Trump's in power, they are predicting by some economists that the US is going to go into a slump. Now, what's people going to do? Are they going to look for, so where's the next job going to be? Where, where do I look next? So you're constantly, you're not looking for what's, what you want to do to create the momentum in your life and do something that serves you and serves your soul and serves your impact, influence and income, but you're just doing so wherever the shiny object is, that's where I'll go. And with that kind of syndrome, you think about when you're speaking, if you use speaking as a metaphor, if you look at the shiny object syndrome, Nobody's going to know, understand what you're talking about. And it's the same with your career. If you keep going to where the shiny object is, it's going to make no sense to you. You're hopping from one place to another and it leaves you unfulfilled because you don't get it, they don't get it, the people around you, and your progress digresses. Lastly, and I say this when I do talks at schools, 
School results, I fell into it. I'll figure it out when I go on holidays. Get that so often. Problem is when you go on holidays, you take you with you. And the same level of thinking. The same level of thinking of I'm stuck, I'm irritated, I don't know what I want to do, I'm doubtful, is the same level of thinking you take with you. You might have a few days off and clear your head, but you haven't progressed from the next tools that you need to get you from where you are to finding what your passion is to your dream job. School results are a big one. Well, I got 99. One of my clients is a uni student who went to James Ruth. James Ruth is a pretty top-notch. James Ruth, she got into medicine. Okay? So she gets into medicine. She comes to me and she goes, she's done five years of it. Okay? Five years of medicine and she doesn't want to go through with it. And I said, so why did you choose medicine? Like what? Because I got the marks for it. I mean, it'd be a waste, wouldn't it? I said, isn't it a waste, five years, and you know you didn't want to do it from the beginning? But the school system forces you to think, if I get this mark, well, then I should be doing that. You know, Marcus Buckingham wrote a book entitled, Now Go Find Your Strengths. And he said, the biggest mistakes parents make is when the kid comes home and the report card and says, Mommy, Daddy, look, I got an A for geography and an A for history, but a C for maths and English. And the parents might say, oh, that's really good, sweetie. We need to get a tutor for you for maths and English. So what's that saying to the child? That geography, what you're good at, is not as important. Now, the parents well-intended, but what I'm trying to say is the cyclical effect of the industrial schooling system that leads to the workforce. And that stems from the school results, because that is the label that I get. Well, then I'm smart. I got 99.9. I got into medicine. I should utilise that. Well, I, I'm not very smart. I only got, what, 50 for my end-of-year marks. So that means, oh, I don't know. What else should I... But that's just a schooling scaling system. It's not a fact of emotional or intellect, right? Can you see how, and that perpetuates into the workforce because Mrs. Jones said I have a good drawing. I've got a good drawing. Mrs. Jones put me in the, is in the, puts me in the highest reading class. I'm a good reader. And then that perpetuates into the workforce. My boss thinks I have, I have made great contributions. I make great contributions. My boss doesn't give me anything. I'm like, oh, aren't I contributing? Aren't I good enough? You know, that habit comes from the conditioning of when we were young, right? And being labelled and put into categories and that then comes into our world and our profession. Is this making sense? Yes. Awesome. So here is uh, Anne and Anne came to me because she was in the same... She's, she's my student who was um, in the medical, medical degree and said, I don't want to go there anymore. Like, what do I do next? And you know what she's doing now? Personal training. <laughs> you know what she's doing now? Can anyone guess? Personal training. So what did you say? Pilates. Pilates. <laughs> Robin Banks. Robin Banks is a model. Model. Oh, model. I'm going to tell her that. Dog Dog. <laughs> <laughs> she's a speaker. She's a speaker. She's an author. She's been an author now. Yeah, you're all close, but she's an author now. Beautiful. That's Mr. Ex that's Mr. Muscle. We're going to do an exercise. So what I'd like you to do. What I would like you to do is, I want to go through the three keys, finding out what your story is. I'm going to talk about Kumali in a second. And just for time purposes, I want to go really fast here. <laughs> uh, really fast. So it's three phases that make up your life story. This is not new information. Your past, present and your future. No big deal. Here's what makes it a big deal. Your past. Where did you spend your time as a kid and why? Can I get you, please, with, for the person next to you, because I usually do this like in a workshop style, 
So I just want to give you the feel for it. With the person next to you, I just want you to share what did you do, what did you enjoy doing as a kid? And please tell them why. The most important ingredient is why. I don't care what you did. I'm interested in why you did that. So can you please go with the person next to you for 30 seconds, what you did as a kid and why? Go. Thank you. So you at least you exchanged at least with one person what you did as a kid and why, what you enjoyed doing. I know it was really fast, but we've got to just move with it, move with it. The present, where do you spend your time when you're not on the job? Other than Toastmasters, other than speaking, <laughs> like, is that's all I do? <laughs> other than Toastmasters, what do you do? Okay, if it's Toastmasters is the only thing that you do outside, and I get that for a lot of people, that's a big commitment. And I really appreciate that. Why is that a big commitment for you? Why Toastmasters? Why not Lions? Why not Rotary? Why not something else? Why, why this particular organisation? And why for you? The most important ingredient people is why. So just tell them what it is and then why. Why is it really important? Go. Go, go, go. Person next to you, go. <laughs> And time, please. Great, thank you. So we've done now what you did as a kid. Now imagine this, guys. When we're doing this in a workshop or in a training that I do, it goes into a lot more depth, okay? But just I just want you to experience the process, okay? We know what you did as a kid and why, what you currently spend your time with and why. When I talked, does anyone know Dr. Haley? Many people are from Canberra. Anyone, Dr. Haley Jones? Anyone know her? Anyone went to ANU, Australian National? No? Okay. So she, anyone studied engineering or chemistry? She was a professor there at the Australian National University and she was there for 20 years. And I always forget if it was a chemical engineering or was it electrical. So sorry, Haley. <laughs> okay, it's one of those two. It's engineering. Um, and so she went for 20 years and lectured at the ANU and came to me because she said, you know, I, I like what I do, I write papers, you know, I teach, you know, I, I, I do what I do, but I just, I, you know, I feel like there's a gap. I know I've got more to do, but I don't know how to tap into it. I don't know what my potential is. So I go through this process of what she did as a kid, what she did in the present, and now for up to 20 years, she now writes books and she travels the world. You know, it's like she, her dream was to be a Wayne Dwyer, you know, like write a book, go talk about it, write a book, go talk about it. So she, yeah, that's what she's now, she's now a published author in the personal development space after 20 years of just skirting around it because, you know, she, it was comfortable, it was familiar, it's what she was supposed to do, she got the marks for it, the economy for a lecturer, for a professor, when she was getting into it was good, it was, 
Can you see that now? And so 20 years later, people would think, you know, you're crazy. You, you know, you're going to get a, a good you know, pension from this. You know, but this is the thing that the box cycle, the box living, it doesn't give you, could give you a pension, but it doesn't give you the fulfillment that you're after. Okay? That's the difference. So the next thing I want you to do, guys, there's three categories. So your past, your present, and your future. What individual, past or present, do you aspire to have a contribution like? Not who do you want to be like. So aspire to have a contribution like. I want to just demonstrate this to you. Can you please think of one person in your mind that you admire? Just one person in your mind that you admire. Anyone, keep it to yourself. One person that you admire. And can you please shout out to me, shout out, what qualities does this person have that you admire so much? Dedication. Dedication. Innovative. Innovative. Persistence. Persistence. Generous. Generous, one more. Energy. Energy. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. So here's the difference. Those were characteristics of the person, but that person, whoever it was in your mind, we didn't put a label on them. We didn't put a title on them. We don't know their name. We don't know the, what they, the work they do, just the characteristics. So when we talk about what individual would you like to have a contribution like, it's the legacy that you live of what's contribution you're leaving, not the title that you leave behind or that you held. Does that make sense? So that's why in this category, we don't look at who do you want to be like or whose job or title do you want because that's just shallow, that's just surface level. Beneath all of that is the characteristics that brings that title, the person alive, energy, innovative, dedication, right? So what I'd like you to do with the person next to you last time, someone on the other side of you, okay? If you've spoke to the same person, come on, you're Toastmasters, you've got to get uncomfortable. <laughs> so someone other than who you were speaking, who, do you, who would you like to have a contribution, like an aspiration towards that and why? You've got 30 seconds, please. Go, go, go. And I'll put some background music for you. I don't want him, couldn't stand him, he was no good so guys are so good <laughs> on the ball thank you so much for those who got up and actually took made the effort of finding someone else I appreciate that thank you you'll get more from it when you go and share what other people's thinking and mindset is about this so whoa what does this all mean now when I went with Samantha and I did this Samantha was someone who was in a public service job which a lot of people are and when you're in public service she said to me she doesn't have a role like she just does stuff like a project officer or a, a manager it's just there's no specific titles it was just she just does stuff and I don't know if many people in public service relate to that but it's pretty much it so when I did this with Sam she thought of a job she'd never thought of not because it was so different from what she does but because this process allows you to think about outside the box and I think I've done this with Mike haven't I Mike yes beautiful why is this important 
What does this all mean, guys? I'm asking you to talk about why. It's all to do with your feelings, and your feelings are triggers. And before I go really woo-woo on you and get all touchy-feely on you, I want to be able to just really justify before you put a frame up and not listen to me, okay? Because when I go into this, people are like, oh, it's not very professional to talk about feelings. But as a professional, when 90% of the global population are unhappy about what they do, is a professional when heart attacks happen on a Monday morning, is that what professional means? That you need to be put in a box? Is that the definition that we give it? And so if that's not the way we want to go, then we need to be looking at, well, when we've moved on from the industrial civilization, but now we're still in the workforce and the schooling system that continues to perpetuate that level of thinking. If we want out of that, we need to think about, well, what else is there? Because everything that we do, we're triggered by feelings. We're not looking anywhere, we're looking for specific areas. Your past, your present, and your future, your aspirations. We're looking into, you know when time stands still, like it's just boring? And then when things happen fast, you're in flow. That's because it's about feeling. Whether you're in someone's company and time passing really fast, it's because you're in the flow of motion. And when time stagnates and stunts itself, it's because the company that you're with, it's just it's boring and that's because you're feeling that this is boring or you're feeling that this is fun and time's flying. Everything that we do, we are triggered by our feelings. And so, when we're driven by feelings, this is how it looks like. When you get married, you don't put a checkbox and say, does he or she have X, Y, Z? At the end of the day, it's like, do I love this person? Do I want to be with them? When you go in for an interview, I mean, they already see your resume. They know you've got the, the skill set. But they're only meeting up with you because do you fit in? Do I feel that you can add to our team? When you accept a job, you're going in to actually meet with your prospective employer to see, do I get a feel for this place? I mean, do I like, is he going to be my boss? Do I like him? Does he, does he freak me out? Is he intimidate or she intimidate me? We're all driven by feelings when we protest, when we feel strongly about someone or some cause, we go are driven by feelings. When we have a best friend, we're driven by the fact that we enjoy this person. It's about a feeling when we care for someone, right? It's not about do I trick the box. When you care for someone, you care for someone because it's, you're driven by the fact that I'm a human and I want to have compassion. But everything that we do, except in the workforce, is driven by feelings. Everything that's important in our lives, when we get married, when we get a job, when we go out and we have creative friendships, when we come to an organisation like Toastmasters, we're driven by, if you hated the place, you wouldn't be coming in your own weekend to a conference. Spending money, getting a hotel, driving all the way. Just, we're driven by feelings. We feel we belong. And so when you take the feeling out of the equation, you're taking out who you really are. And at the core, that's when you get the boxed life. So what this all means, your story, your past, your present, and the reasons why. I don't care about what you did. I care about why, what motivated you, what feelings motivated you to play with dolls as a kid. I want to know why you admire your mum. I want to know why you aspire to be like her. Why is the triggers? Because that shows me where your thinking is, where your feeling is, and that's the cornerstone to finding your story. And when we get to your story, we get to your passion. It's as easy as that. When we get to your story, which is driven by those three places, past, present, future, and your reasons why, we get to what really moves you. 
at your core, outside of the economy, outside of your school marks, outside of what you should be doing. So, I want you to really notice, this wasn't a computer that we kind of entered your details. A lot of people find that funny. They say to me, when they want to, when they want to work with me, they usually send me their resume, or they say, which is the irony, right? Because why would you want me to look at your resume? You can do that yourself. It's like driving, looking at the review mirror. You know, that's your past. You just look at your resume yourself and work out if you want to do that. You don't need me to help you with that. But I help you in terms of looking forward, in terms of where else, what's the next step for you. Okay. It's really about germinating the seed, and that's what I just wanted to do, give you the breadth of it. So these are just the three steps that I work with people, and I wanted to share with you today to be able to really seed within yourself. No matter where you are. Now, some people are retired here. Some people are, couldn't be staffed, you know. <laughs> some people really want the next step. Wherever you are in your journey, this isn't for everyone. This is really for people who are just, you know, I've got one shot. And I want to make the most of this freaking one shot. And I'm going to, I've done schooling, I've gone to uni, I've gone a job and that wasn't all that. But I now know what I want to go the next step to find well, what is going to have all that, be all that for me. So, last one, Maria. Maria came to me, mother of three, 17 years at home, no idea what to do. So now she's started her own business um, I mean, that's just one way of doing this. Most people who find their passion are like, shit, I could do this for myself. Why would I want to work for someone else? And that motivation creates things. It's not what everyone does, but that's where the motivation starts from. If I've got this passion, I mean, why can't I do it on my own terms? Okay, so what I'd like to do right now is give you the map so you get clear on your own vision. Now, what I've actually done right now is I've only given you three steps. I want to give you the full formula of finding your dream job. So you might want to write this down. I will give you summary sheets. Um, so you can take with you. So we've just discovered right now your whys. I've just gone through your past, your present, your future. First thing we do after we've discovered that, because that's most, the most important piece, which is why I start there. After we've gone through your whys and your story, we look at your identity. We look at further into relating it to you being a kid before conditioning set in, before you need to go and be a truck driver because you are a boy or because... So before conditioning sets in. We look at your hobbies, skills and talents. We look at your inspiration. We look at your now taking this passion and translating that into a dream job. Like it's not just, I like to do that and it's airy-fairy. And then how to unbox it. How are you going to deliver that? How are you going to now take it and recruit it into the workforce or translate that into a side business, a side income? How are you going to utilise that? Just like you guys come to Toastmasters, a thing on the side from what you do nine to five, how do you take your passion and be able to create an income from that? Because it's your passion and it's gonna, I mean, if you get to do what you love, I mean, that's, that's, that's where the gold is, right? Okay, and you paid for it. So what I wanna do before I get into questions is, can I get you to please pass out the sheets, the sum, summary sheets? Thank you, Mike, thank you so much. So here, okay. just, there's five for each. Oh, that's Welcome back. So you just watched the presentation that I delivered to a live group of audience on how to exactly find your passion and how to find that passion and convert that into either a dream job or put that into use as a business idea. And so for you, of course, watching it, you saw that I would have made an invitation for people who want to take the next step, who want help with actually realizing their passion and want someone to take them by the hand and show them exactly how to do it. If you're in that position, and obviously at that live presentation, 
uh, there was a certain invitation I made. But for you who's watching the recording of that training and who's watching this right now, I'd like to also extend an invitation to you. So if you're in a place where you're at crossroads, if you're wanting to make a difference, if you want the confidence, the clarity and the steps for someone to hold you and hold you accountable and show you how you can uniquely put these steps into action in your own life, apply it and gain your passion, then my invitation to you is I'm opening some spaces for a very limited amount of time and for a limited amount of people for an opportunity to have a strategy session. And what that strategy session is is simply for you to sit down, for me to find out where you are, what you're doing, what your passion means to you. And the thing is that you do need to be ready. You need to be ready to invest in your own self. You need to be ready spiritually, emotionally, ready for your passion, ready financially to upskill yourself and be able to learn the tools that sometimes university, you'll have to do a three year degree, four year degree, and then hopefully go and work in that industry and hopefully like the job. And so people come to me from all walks of life because they've done the degrees, they've done the courses, the certifications, and yet something is still missing. They're still not happy in their career, in their job, or they have been, but they know there's another next step, another next level, that they just really don't know how to tap into it. And they know that the link that's missing is their passion. And if that speaks true for you, then my invitation is to email, here's the email, to email Rita, R-I-T-A, at unboxyourgift.com. That's Rita at unboxyourgift.com. And just put in the subject line, I'm ready for my passion. And with that subject line, if we have spaces available, at the time of this recording we do, but I would love to put you on the list of how we can actually help you really just get some clarity, get some direction, get some guidance on how to find where you're up to, what's stopping you, what's the big dream, what's the goal, what is it that you want to achieve, and so how we can help you accelerate that. So what's going to be happening on this one-on-one -on -one session is you're going to be coming and we're going to be talking about, well, what exactly are your goals? What exactly is the next step for you? And if you don't know, that's what we're going to dig deep. The second thing is, well, what's stopping you from getting there? How can you actually remove the barriers? What are the self-sabotaging things that are happening that are preventing you from going and finding your passion? And then thirdly, we're going to basically wrap up the session, renew, re-energize and inspire to really implement and have the next plan, the next step for you that you will need to realize your passion and recruit that into a dream job, be it in the workforce or be it as a business idea. So all you need to do to benefit from this free, very limited, and a very short amount of time that slots that are available is email reader at unboxyourgift.com. Put in the subject line, ready for my passion. And with that, someone from our team will come back to you with hopefully mushy time. If there is, the spots have all been taken up, we will definitely put you on the, the waiting list and let you know when the next one is available. But the best way to guarantee an opportunity to have a strategy session, a dream job strategy session to find your passion, is to simply email Rita at unboxyourgift.com in the subject line, ready to find my passion. And I look forward to speaking with you on discovering, uncovering exactly what lights you up. See you soon.